Welcome to Teacher Talk with Chrissy Nichols, the podcast that offers real tools and real conversations to help you feel good about teaching and yourself again. As a teacher who has spent more than two decades in the classroom, I get it. I know you have a lot to do, so if you need help right now, book a free consult call at www.thechrissyconcept.com. That's the C-H-R-I-S-S-Y-C-O-N-C-E-P-T dot com. Now, let's get to the show. You are listening to episode 39 of Teacher Talk with Chrissy Nichols. I am back in conversation with Ryan Hoagland, where we discuss mindfulness, tools you can use right now for your classroom, for ethical education, and social-emotional learning. I'm telling you, everybody, this has changed the way I teach. These kinds of concepts, so similar to coaching, has changed everything for my students and for me. Enjoy this conversation with Ryan Hoagland. Hey, everybody out there in teaching land. This is Teacher Talk with Chrissy Nichols, and I'm back with another inspired conversation with Ryan Hoagland. He is back. You might remember he was on to talk about his own journey with education. And I have him on today again, because I really want to dive into what he does, which is ethical education. And for some of us out there, we might be teaching in some one-on-one situations, homeschooling, maybe public school, maybe still distance learning. And I really am excited to talk to Ryan about his ideas about what ethical education even means, how we can use it in our own classrooms, even a piece or a bite. And then Ryan is so talented in the rigor of thinking, in debate, in seeing ideas, turning them around from all sides. So I want to welcome you back to the podcast. Welcome back to Teacher Talk, Ryan. Thanks for being with us. Oh, anytime, anytime. It's always great to talk to you and and talk to educators. So I, I get this question a lot as a director of ethical education. It's like, what's that? And it kind of sounds cool. And where do you and, do that? Just remind everybody uh, where you yeah, are and what you do. Yeah, I'm, I am the director of ethical education at Roland Hall in Salt Lake City, Utah. We're an independent school, preschool to high school, about a thousand students between two campuses near the University of And we're a school that's founded in the Episcopal tradition. We're actually uh, the oldest school in Utah, started in 1867. And I think part of my role came as an opportunity as Episcopal schools across the country are navigating um, this question of like, okay, yeah, we were founded in a religious tradition. Our values are progressive and inclusive. And as we're seeing more families from across faith traditions, uh, what does that look like? And so my role came at an opportunity when a chaplain left. I was the assistant principal at the time. And I think this was an opportunity for the school to kind of move a little bit in a a secular direction, right? I I taught world religions for a number of years and really loved that, that root in the Episcopal Church. But 
I was talking about in terms of provincializing it. How do we move that from the center seat just to kind of one seat within the circle and, and still honor that, but also create a space where our Jewish families, our Muslim families, our secular humanist families feel comfortable. This role really started as a generalist, right? The director of ethical ed. I would oversee things like sustainability, inclusion, equity, social, emotional learning, student leadership. That's um, a lot, Ryan. Those are yeah, a lot of pre- jobs. Yeah. From preschool to, to high school, that's all, that is a lot of jobs. But I really look at my approach as being integrative. Like I think each of those topics and we'll get into them a little more, need to be kind of braided into a school's program, into an organization's culture. And I think everyone benefits, right? We, we've always prided ourselves as an institution that educates the whole child. But we used to joke that, hey, were we turning out highly educated, useless people, <laughs> right? Meaning that, yeah, I can write, I can do high-level algorithmic math, I can... But what, what's the purpose? What's the value? What's the, the what's, why? Yeah, right? what's the what's point? The yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like what are, and so over the years, we've really kind of thought about it. And in our new strategic priorities, there's definitely an emphasis around developing people the world needs, right? And I think if you were to ask students, and adults, like who does the world need? I think we need people who can work together to have conversation, find a sense of purpose in their community and have impact. They're curious and not judgmental, right? There are a lot of progressive values that the, the world needs. I love what you just said, because in coaching, we talk about how curiosity can be the balm for self-judgment or self-pressure, like, oh, I just got to get to page 42 in this math lesson. I've got to get to, you know, this civilization lesson before the final exam. And instead of the self-judgment or the self-pressure, just really putting our brains to work to being so curious mm-hmm. and less hard on ourselves. Oh, yeah. And if you can find that curiosity in what you're doing, it's, it's someone who's learning not just for the math test, just learning just to get into college, right? This is someone who that curiosity is going to help them be a learner for life. And so nuts and bolts, Ryan, when you talk about ethical education, okay, so let's really, I love to give my listeners sort of a nugget or a takeaway or something that they can practically use tomorrow or next period if they're listening to this in a prep period. What might ethical education look like in a standalone lesson? I know that's really specific and a big question, but what's your advice to teachers out there who are intrigued about ethical education and how to, as you beautifully said, braid it into their own content area? Because wouldn't you agree it could be applied to anything? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Now, my And my go-to starting point is the social-emotional work. I, for example, when I talk about mindfulness, I talk about right? Mindfulness is that space between stimulus and response, right? If I can have something happen to me in the morning and I'm carrying that with me, I'm not learning, right? I I think if you can help kids develop a sense of self-awareness, like, hey, I had this stressor happen, but it's not going to define my day, right? I even jokingly with my, in a chapel recently, talked to the kids about your mind is a pond and it's full of fish that are strong feelings, Try to be more like the pond and less like the fish, right? Like, what are those moments where 
yeah, I have this emotion, but I am not this emotion, right? I can respond to it. I can hold it, but it's not going to define my day. And I can feed the fish that I want to feed, right? If I can feed a curious fish, I can feed a happy fish. I can know that there's anxious fish in my pond, but it's not the one I'm going to feed during the day. So, yeah, I, I love the social emotional skills, the social awareness, the self-awareness. I think starting with just those moments of check-in, right? I, I think how do we make education relational? And that's what I think social emotional learning brings to it is that can I integrate that? If I just spend a few minutes at the start of a class, just checking in like, hey, on a scale of one to five, where is the class at, right? That gives me information about yeah, if I come in, the majority of my people are like in a really good space. They're like feeling optimistic. I know I can get more learning out of that group. But if, hey, something terrible happened and right, like something in the grade, if I don't speak to that as a teacher, no one's going to learn, right? No one's going to be prepared for the test. So, because, you know, they're all just thinking about that big scandal or that big thing that just happened or that big kerfuffle. No one's going to be caring about the algorithm we're about to learn anyway. Isn't that right? Because their fish are going to be swimming, their emotions and their affect is going to be high. In coaching, we always talk about if your emotions are high, your thinking is low. Your prefrontal cortex is literally offline. It just doesn't work anymore because frustration or anxiety or grief or sadness or anger is kind of taking charge there. Oh, yeah, yeah. We talk about that in ethical education circles as your cognitive load. And I, I think that's really where ethical education found its birth is in the positive psychology movement. And more we learned about brains and brain science and the adolescent brain, that we realized that if you're not kind of have that awareness about what the mind can do. And right when I started in education, it was very much the didactic model like that I learned, right? It was like, Let's fill it as much as we can. Remember all these facts, right? But students today can Google some of those facts. So can we teach them how to think more than what to think? That's right. When they're all walking around with computers in their pockets in the form of an iPhone, you there's no longer really any need to be the sage on the stage, is there? Yeah, but also with those brings a lot of like, Wow, can you imagine doing middle school on social media? Or if, you, if we don't equip kids with those, like, okay, how do I get consent before I post it? How do I monitor my relationships and set boundaries about how I want to be treated? How do I show up authentically, right? Like each of those things, yeah, help kids in a school setting navigate the relationships. Like you don't want school to be a transaction. Kids come in, bell rings, they leave. It needs to be relational. It needs to be invested. And I think that not only helps the students, but it helps the adults as well, right? Like, I don't want to come in and just... Yeah, you're speaking to, about connectivity and relating. And we all know that students will trust us up to that high bar that we're setting if they trust that we can lead them there with some safety. So, oh, and I, I would see that as a debate coach all the time. Like I would, I would know this team is just going to get absolutely like you are in over your head, but they trusted me in that moment. I'm like, okay, like you're going to go into an environment. You're going to be deeply uncomfortable. It is awful to like get your comeuppance, but you're going to learn so much in this. You're going to 
And if I had approached that as just it's about winning, it's about, but see it as like growth, that this is a growth mindset, for example, right? Like, yeah, if I use this to define myself as like, I'm not good at this, I'm going to quit this activity instead of, wow, this is an opportunity to grow, to learn, and it's going to be uncomfortable. And how do I hold that and respond to it in a way that I can take the good from it? That's, that's education. I think that's really important. And so Ryan, for anyone listening out there, if they would like to, is there a resource or is there a website or is there something that you kind of is on your regular list of places that you like to go to or for anyone who'd like to learn more about that, you know, definitely like the growth mindset. That's the great Carol Dweck, of course, and I'll list it in the show notes or, you know, the social emotional piece that I think so many of us do naturally, but what, what advice would you give teachers or educators out there who would like to braid in more ethical education into their classrooms? Yeah, I would start by visiting out of Chicago is the CASEL, uh, C-A-S-E-L, the Center for Social Emotional Learning. And they have this like five prong criteria, of, like what is ethical education and social emotional learning? And what does that look like different kind of content areas? I think that's a good way to start integrating the degree of self-awareness, some of that, that growth mindset. Um, yeah, that ability to monitor yourself as a learner, right? It's one thing like, yeah, if I'm at the classroom and I'm directing everyone, like if I as a structure leave, they haven't internalized anything. But if I can get students to have a level of self-awareness around their learning, yeah, that's that's where you're gonna probably get the most bang for your buck. So, yeah, the Castle um, C A S E L. Their standard is scientifically driven and good data behind it. That's um, a great place. To start. Whenever I visit a website like that or want to get resources for my own students, it's such a reminder for me to come into class from a clean space to sort of energetically clean out my own pond and be mm-hmm. the pond. Before I acknowledge the fish, allow the fish to be swimming um, there with everything as teachers, we have to remember that email from a parent or that conversation with a colleague or that other conversation with a student or that other thing we have to do or running to the bathroom to pee. But it's just so nice to remember that we can use these skills as well to come to our own students from that clean place and hold space to understand how they're doing. So such good reminders, Ryan, you've given us. And the whole reason for this podcast is just to support teachers with some tools, with some mindset that you do every day with your students too. So thank you for being ethical educator, mind guru, and coach for all of our students out there. Pretty amazing stuff. Well, thanks for keeping the conversation. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody, in this conversation about ethical education and how you can add it into your classroom. I'll be listing all the resources that we talked about from Growth Mindset to every other website that about social emotional learning that Ryan talked about and maybe some that we didn't even talk about so that you can add more ethical and peaceful tools into your classroom, especially Either if you're at the end of the year, or at the beginning of the year, you can use these at any time. Ryan, thank you again for joining us on Teacher Talk. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Appreciate it.
Have an amazing day, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to today's episode, teacher friends. If this podcast speaks to you, please share it. Share Teacher Talk with one teacher or administrator or educator in your life. To continue the conversation and have life-changing tools and resources sent directly to your inbox, join my weekly newsletter, Teacher Talk, at www.thechrissyconcept.com. That's the C-H-R-I-S-S-Y-C-O-N-C-E-P-T.com. There, you can also book a consult with me. That's a one-on-one conversation to see if coaching might be just what you're looking for. Sometimes one call is all it takes. Have a great day in and out of the classroom, my friends. We'll see you next time.